Hey, B. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find? Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry. And we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of coffee. But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from. Yeah. Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because mm. it is amazing. It takes all the bitterness out. All the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door. You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So there is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it. And it is the best coffee that we have ever had. So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Hacienda Real. Keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks. I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. But yeah, I got on my smart ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low impact materials. So we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with smart ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the things we love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smartass undies. Cheeky and comfy. Hey everyone, this is Dante. And I'm Beatrice. And this is Cheating Off Here. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. So. Yes. What are we talking about? So we watched a movie the other week. Yeah. And it was one of these movies that is kind of iconic. Mm-hmm. And it had come up in conversation. I think it was some Manosphere stuff, actually. I had actually read an article because this movie's been around for a long time. Yeah. And it was sort of revisiting some of the themes. And I mentioned to you that I'd never seen it. And right. you were absolutely stunned. You were like, what? You never see?" And everybody has quoted from this movie whether Mm -hmm. they've seen it or not so i think it surprised you that i'd never seen it well i mean the first rule is that you don't talk about it that's right right everybody knows that line yes so the movie was fight club yes based on the book fight club by chuck palanac okay and you had never seen it i'd seen it when it had come out what year did it come out 1999 okay so it's just over 20 years old yeah yeah and Brad Pitt at his finest. Yep. At his shredded. shredded Like more shredded than he was in Snatched. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't even see him in that movie because that was a that was a 
Jason Statham. That's movie. Jason Statham so, vehicle so for you. It's not snatched. It, that's 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 Darcy and Stacy. It's snatch. <laughs> that was going to say a Lionel Richie movie. No, it was not a Lionel Richie movie. No, it's it's a guy Richie. Guy Richie story. <laughs> the other Richie. The other the whiter Richie. Richie. Are you sure? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So Mr. Wow. Mr. Madonna. Former Mr. Madonna. Former Mr. Madonna. Yeah. Yes. And Edward Norton Jr. Is he a junior? Yeah. Sometimes, like early in his career, he was junior, and then he just dropped the junior. Really? Yeah. It's true. Okay. And he was like. And your one of your bays, Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, Helena Bonham Carter, looking like a hot mess through most of the movie. You loved it though. Yeah, I know. So Edward Norton Jr. has just come off of American History X. Right. He's come off of Primal Fear. Great movie. With Richard Gere, Uh right? So he's definitely rising, and this book was a cult classic. Right. But this article that you read, kind of revisiting... Yeah, well, I didn't didn't want to read too far into the article because I... You didn't want any spoilers. We sit in bed on Saturday mornings and look up and and read Apple News, and you read certain articles, and I read certain articles, and so I mentioned to you, oh, there's this article about Fight Club, and I've never seen it, and you were like, what? Okay, we need to rectify that (laughs) immediately. (laughs) And how did you remember this movie? Like, you were like, oh, it's so good, it's a good movie. So I remembered it being very thought-provoking. Okay. Kind of some interesting concepts. Well, the thing that struck me, like, right from the beginning is, like, the labeling, the corporate branding of... America. Yeah, how we get kind of sucked into consumerism. And the thing is, like, there's like a little prediction about how all these stadiums and halls and all these places would be named after corporations. As we sit here in Toronto at the Rogers Center. Yes! And the Scotiabank Center. And it should be the Sky Dome. Right. Forever be the Sky Dome. And that was the first thing that struck me. I was kind of like, oh, shit. Shit, like that actually happened. Yeah. And the book was written like before nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So it was so I was excited for you to see this movie because right. it's got I mean, spoiler alert guys, there's a giant plot twist at the end. Yeah, everybody if you have if you haven't seen the movie, which I'm sure you have, yeah, you stop. can go ahead and watch it. But, but anyway, but yeah. it doesn't matter. It's not even consequential to the conversation, but Well, the reason I had watched it multiple times was because I watched it, saw the plot twist. Plot twist is that Brad Pitt and Edward Norton's character are the same person. Kind of has a split personality over the course of the of the movie. No, you disagree? No, like I I, I don't know, like split personality. It's it's almost like he's an insomniac, so it's almost like his asleep personality. Yeah, his uninhibited personality comes out. Yeah, and so you watch it again, trying to see like at what point do you clue in to. They're not like right. You well, know, like the, Snuffleupagus is never in the room with well, whoever's there. Well, he's like right? Pokeroo, right? Oh, like Pokeroo, like, sorry, like, yeah. Which is a very Canadian reference. That's a TVO reference, so, right there. So, <laughs> so there used to be a kids' show called Polka Dot Door, mm-hmm. and there was a male and a female host. And at a certain point during the show, the male host would disappear, go somewhere to learn how to tie his shoes or something. Or some and shit. this and this little mas- this giant mascot called Pokeroo would show up, and do some activity with the female host, some kind of like learning how to tell time or some shit like that. <laughs> and then Pokeroo would leave and the male host would come back and the female host would be like, you miss Pokeroo? And they're like, again? Oh, and man. Like, at what age were you when you, as a kid, when you were like, wait a second. <laughs> Every time this fucking guy leaves the room, then Pokeroo shows Pokeroo up. Pokeroo shows up yeah. and vice versa. And But we were, we were primed I, on that. I knew the plot twist and you didn't know that I knew it. 
And so I was watching for the same thing. Yeah. I was watching for clues. It's sort of like watching uh, Sixth Sense. Right. Where When you realize that there's you, dead people. Yeah. That Bruce Willis is a dead people. Yeah. yeah. And, He's a dead people. I mean, we were primed for that kind of misdirection growing up in the 80s because like He-Man and Prince Adam never were in the same spot because Prince Adam was He-Man. And everybody was like, you know, Prince Adam, why are you always running away when the bad guys come? Why are you going to run and hide? You're such a coward. And he goes. Oh, you to mean the, like when, how Clark Kent is a coward? Or, and, yeah, all of that yeah. kind of stuff, right? It's a yeah, classic trope. That That's true. Yeah, good point. Yeah. But the, the plot device is Helen and Bottom Carter. Yes. Right? And it becomes apparent very early that she's so confused by his behavior. Yeah. Because when he's the Ed Norton character, the narrator, yeah. he's one way to her and she's like, okay. And then, you know, with Brad Pitt, it's another. Anyway, it's, I mean, everybody does a fantastic job. And Meatloaf is in it. Yeah. Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's his character. <laughs> so I was watching it. And this is the thing, like, because I'd never seen it before... I'm watching it through my 2022 eyes. Right. And I'm watching it post red pill expose sort of thing. Yeah. I think that was the other reason we wanted to watch it because it kind of gets brought up in those in the manosphere. alpha male manosphere circles where, you know, fighting makes you masculine and, and this fight club was supposed to help you find your masculinity and feel alive and yeah the reason why we feel so empty and dead inside is because we're we're pushing down this animalistic side of us and we really need to be able to express it and whatever which plays right into that manosphere narrative yeah of beta males and alpha males and all of that now the other discussion that we had while we were watching it you have recently in earnest picked up brazilian jiu-jitsu yes so you've been training at your own gym Mm mm-hmm since October? Yeah, it's been so, about yeah six or seven months now. Yeah. yeah, which is very, very different than me just trying to teach you stuff sure. while we were in lockdown. And so now you have a sensei and a community and you know people that you train with, and I have the same. And so then you and I come together and train together. And so, But it's been really a cool thing for me to watch you blossom and grow and mm-hmm. become mm-hmm. just as addicted yeah because well <laughs> as i am i mean they got that right in fight club there's there's well there's that's what i was gonna it. say thank you for trouncing on my point was that <laughs> we were watching that you know the first fight and just going ah you know it has nothing to do with masculinity or femininity but it does feel good to be physical right and to and face to down to face down your fears yeah. of confrontation of physical interaction, Mm -hmm. physical challenge in a combat sport like that. Yeah. And I think if you don't, if you haven't engaged in something like that, it does look scary. It does look brutal. It does look like something's not quite right here. And the people that enjoy this are a little fucked up, but you don't have to be like bloodying each other. I think. No, because it's not a, it's not a striking sport the way fight club was that was one of the one of the things that drew me to it was there was no striking or hitting or hopefully no bloodshed and you end up you end up bruised and bloodied occasionally but but that's not the goal (laughs) of it it's an accident yeah so that was one kind of theme where we were like okay like as jujitsu practitioners that i can see but they the brutality of it Mm -hmm. was when we were it, it's very off-putting like when people are spitting out teeth yeah and people getting beaten to a pulp so the idea the plot behind the movie is that 
Edward Norton is sort of sleepwalking his way through life, and yep. he meets Tyler Durden on a plane. He's this mysterious, <laughs> this mysterious character, and they start. They start. I'm doing Air Bunnies Fight Club one night where they just beat the shit out of each other in a parking lot, and the rush of it is so great that it seems to cure his insomnia. Yeah, he can finally sleep. Well, he, yeah, because he was he had been previously going to support groups for various illnesses and, right. and terminal illnesses and things like that that was that's how he would sleep right yeah, yeah. and that's where he meets helena bonham carter yes. who does the same kind of thing she does like support group cruising yeah she's cause, a tourist because it's interesting for her to see what people go through yeah she's an interesting character she is and so we go through this movie and we finish it and i remember thinking it's really not that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'd seen it before, and so you'd been part of the hype. Did you say you'd seen it in the theater? Yeah, or or shortly, shortly thereafter. thereafter. Yeah, yeah. And so you were part of the whole hype wave mm-hmm. about it. And, like, was there a sense of young men at the time being like, yeah, this is what we need. We need to feel like men. It wasn't... It wasn't the experience of me and my friends at the time, although we would have been in a slightly younger demographic than what was portrayed in the movie. It would have mm-hmm. been like early to mid-20s at that point, right? So 99, you would yeah, have been what, like 23? 20, yeah, 22, 23, something like yeah. that. Yeah, so... Same age as my kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it... I think the corporate greed aspect of it and wanting to feel like you could take care of yourself... Right. Was the appealing part. And then and then when that movie finished after watching it with you, when it finished, and I remember I was I was hoping that it'd be like, that was really cool, right? And at the end of it, I just kinda go, oh, it doesn't uh, hold up. No. It's problematic way more than I remembered it being. And of course you would, because so much has changed in the last twenty two years. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to do this episode because shortly after we we did that and had that discussion about, you know, this is really misogynistic and there's a lot of toxic masculinity in mm-hmm. here and what it means to be a man and how you treat women and how you treat people at work and how you carry yourself mm-hmm. and how you take care of yourself and how they make fun of therapy, essentially. And right. There was a BuzzFeed article about different movies that don't hold up over time yeah so dear listeners we have not looked at the list no we wanted to go in cold we thought we'd go in cold and look at some of the movies that are on this list and see how they hold up and then there are some movies that do stand the test of time Mm -hmm. and do hold up and you watch them now and they're classics and they're timeless even if some of the social mores have changed or the roles that people play. It's still not like I talk to quite a few people now, young people, and they think Friends is the cringiest shit ever. Yeah. Like cringy shit. And it is. Like it's it's there's a lot of problems in there. There's but at a least lot of homophobia. They know about Friends. Yeah, and at least they're seeing it, they're watching it critically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with their 2022 eyes and going, yeah, like this is not like noticing change notice how noticing how things have changed homosexuality is not a punchline anymore not the way it was in in friends in the 90s no like there was full-on gay panic in that Mm -hmm. in that show so we thought it might be fun to go through 
and look at some of these. So what's first on the list? We're, we're going to trigger warn here. Okay. There may be some mentions of slurs. Okay. Essay. And rape culture. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. Cool. The first on the list is Hitch. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to disagree on that. I think it still holds up. Or first at least, of all, or at least I, all, I enjoy Will watching Smith it. Will Smith is problematic okay, right but, now. But, but you know what? And hold on. But I became, know, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I know why you're thinking that. It's Eva Mendez that is held up. No. Okay. I mean, yes, but that's not the reason. Okay. Okay, Will Smith became problematic like 15 minutes ago. That movie's been out for a long time. Okay. It holds up for me because it's talking about that struggle of how you meet someone. Okay. And here's a cheek. There was a whole bunch of movies that were like that. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is not quite the same, but a similar sort of relationship type movie. What was the one with, Jesus, the, the comedian, the... Shallow Hal? No. Oh, yeah, no. That's problematic. Yeah, I no. wonder if it's on the list. I don't know. The one with the pockmarked guy, uh, Dane Cook. He did a movie where if you break up with your girl, he'll date her and he'll be awful... So she'll oh. want to go back with you. Oh, okay. And he's like the reverse hitch. All right. Okay. So all of those movies kind of came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Hitch is a more wholesome rom-com in the traditional sort of vein. And it's not because they raise the issue, which I think is why people would think it's problematic about, you know, doing all this background research. So you end up. Basically, the, the woman has no choice but to fall in love with you because you've become her perfect man because of all the research that you've done. But he Hitch addresses that in the movie when there's the bad actor that's in it. And he's like, they fall in love with the person. All I do is get them to the door. They got to walk through it and do all of that kind of stuff. And you're giving me this look. I am. Okay. Because the whole, for me, the whole thing comes across very pickup artist-ish. Okay. There, it's like a series of manipulations of yeah. placing people in spots, having, you know, learning how to dance, even if you can't, making sure that you have this and you know this about them and you know where they're going to be and you know what they like and you know what they've had before. And, you know, it just, sa- it just comes across very manipulative. There's a lot of stereotypes and bad jokes at the expense of women. Okay. And I think we haven't seen it in a while, but... I've watched it pretty recently, actually. <laughs> you did? Yeah. I guess it's a fun movie to go back to every once in a while. Like on Saturday night, I was here at I'm home. I'm still and... maintaining that you watch it for Eva Mendes. Oh, she's which... gorgeous, too. Uh, yes, she is, yeah. yes. <laughs> and their, their, their comedic chemistry is very good in that movie. Okay. So it holds up for me. Okay. Not for me. I think the whole premise is a little bit cringy. Okay. Because it, it comes across manipulative. Number two is Beauty and the Beast. Which one? All of them? The animated one. Okay. Women don't want to be men's therapists. No. And, you know, kidnapping and... Yes. Hostage holding. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's cringy. Yeah. It's cringy. It's... Some of the best Disney music, though, in any of the animated movies came out of Beauty and the Beast. I'm sorry. Have you... Did, did Beauty and the Beast make the Apple countdown just like fucking... And Kanto did. Well, like, there was no streaming music when well, Beauty and the Beast came out. That's that's <laughs> point. Yeah, that's a good point. It, you know, 
the whole pre- that was never one of my favorite Disney stories. I never really understood no. that. Yeah, I you know I, I mean there, there's a like a teen version of that story called Beastly. Did you ever see that? I think Vanessa Hudgens is in it. Yeah, Vanessa yeah. Hudgens is in it. Yep. And one of the Ols- Olsen twins, she's a witch. Okay. And she curses this rich, entitled, good-looking, spoiled, piece-of-shit dude. She curses him to turn into a beast, and okay. he turns into a recluse. Okay. And then Vanessa Hudgens meets him somehow. And so the, the thing is, the witch says, you have a year to make somebody fall in love with you, to break this curse. Right, okay. And if you can't, you're going to stay like this forever. Okay. So the person he's supposed to get to fall in love with him is, or that he chooses to get to fall in love with him, is Vanessa Hudgens. Okay. And it's just, it's so like, well, I got to do this thing because I got to fix myself and I got to use her to fix me. And I think a lot of women that have, have been in relationships where they are, they're fixing these men. Mm -hmm. It's not women's job to fix men. It's men's job to fix men through therapy and all that kind of shit. But is it any wonder that that's the case when those are the kinds of movies we're growing up watching? Well, but this is the thing, right? Like, it's very I mean, circular. It's, it's very interesting that you say that because it's not the first time we've talked about how Hollywood has ruined love for us. No, no. It's one of my sister's absolute favorite movies of all time. You're trying to guess who? I don't have to guess. <laughs> and you can see how problematic that is. The older one? Yeah. Yeah. See, I knew it. Yeah. No, there, yeah. There was no guess in there. It's super problematic. Yeah. Any, any kind of damsel in distress yeah, yeah, narrative, yeah. I think is so dangerous at, at, at this juncture. And when you have a power imbalance in a relationship like that, that's going to cause problems. And I know there's a whole lot of like being in your feminine and being <laughs> in your masculine and a man can't be in his masculine if you're not in your feminine. And it's like, listen, if you can't handle this shit, there's the door. If you can't handle me the way I am and being strong and independent and being able to take care of my fucking self and showing up as an entire human in a relationship, don't be here. Mm. If I have to be less, if I have to be, yeah, if I'm too much, go find less. So what's next? Next one is there's something about Mary. Yeah, that one's problematic. (laughs) Yeah. Like that woman gets stalked. Yeah. By super creepy Ben Stiller. By lots of men. Well, yeah, that's true, actually. Lots of men. She's she's this ingenue out in the, this babe in the woods. Yeah, completely hapless yeah. and and oblivious mm-hmm. of all these men stalking her. And in the end, she ends up with one of her stalkers. Yeah. And it's like, He's what? just the most successful of, of all of yeah. them. Yeah. Her brother's character. Like, not funny. Yeah. Not funny. There's a Super lot of cringy. punchlines at, at the expense of the her brother's intellectual ability yeah like not not cool Mm-mm. so yeah I, I think that's kind of a that's a no-brainer mm-hmm. in my mind and i saw that movie when it came out in 98 and i didn't find it funny then do you think that there's ever an instance where you would mix up jizz as hair gel and not notice no <laughs> no yeah that kind of stuff is like really like i'm not a huge fan of gross out humor anyway yeah. i just i don't like that like Mm-mm. The other movies in that same vein, and coincidentally, another Ben Stiller movie, Along Came Polly. Oh, yeah. I didn't find that funny at all. You hear it for Scuba? Scuba? Never enjoyed any of those movies. I don't like gross-up movies. The Hangover is another one. I don't like that either. No. Yeah. I mean, thank you, Hangover, for showing us Ken Jong's dick. 
his super tiny penis. I don't even remember that penis. part. I think I blocked it out. But anyway, okay. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Do you remember this one? This was a, this is a little before your oh, time. Oh, no. I remember all the Revenge of the Nerds. Really? Starting from about like Porky's 2. Also, also a problematic series. Yeah. And Animal House. Like all those kind of college humor type ones. But I do remember Revenge of the Nerds. Here's your trigger warning for sexual assault. Because this is assault. Oh, oh 100%. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Tell me. It Star is, Wars fan. Um, Star Wars fan? Was she in Star Wars? No. Oh, okay. He's in a Darth Vader costume. Oh, yeah. Rick Moranis. He's dressed as Darth Vader, same as her boyfriend. She thinks Rick Moranis oh, is her boyfriend. Yes. They have sex. And then she likes it so much, she falls in love with him. Right. He, that is assault, brother. <laughs> the masked singer tears off the helmet. and She's oh, like, oh! <gasps> Oh, that's cool. Like, what? They spy on these women? Oh, yeah. They they put they install, like, peepholes? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Panty raids and all that kind of stuff. It's really yeah, cringy. It, yeah. And given fraternities records Well, no for, wonder fraternities. Like, if this was the model of what a fraternity was supposed to be. What was the other one? Animal House? Animal House, yeah. Yeah. So there were a lot of these kind of movies in the 80s of just, like, crazy frat brothers doing crazy shit and including groping peeping assaulting sorority women sorority girls yeah not cool not cool and you know we love rick moranis he's one of our own yeah but don't don't fuck around okay you know it's that kind of stuff you know we got one of those on the supreme court in the united states now one of what fraternity bros who kavanaugh yeah yeah fuck that guy (laughs) mary poppins Ooh, Julie Andrews at her finest. Though. Yes, absolutely. Wow, what a talk about soundtrack. I think we all know all the words to all the songs in that. I feel like she's underrated, but. Yeah, no, she's amazing. But I'm trying to think of the plot here of Mary Poppins. I think the problem, the problem. Is it child abduction? Is that the problem? <laughs> a little bit. Like they take them to other dimensions yeah, and just don't they, mention it to their parents. So you have, you have the distracted mother who is. More dedicated to her suffragette mission. Nice analog for women in the workplace. Yes. (laughs) And their very cold, very distant, very staunch banker father. Of course. It's just, you know, these parents just don't give a shit about their kids. One is so busy trying to get rights for women that she doesn't care about her children. Right. And she's portrayed as extremely selfish and self-centered. She's loving, but she also spends a lot of her time heading off. Her husband's, he's, he's not. He's rather brusque with them. Oh, what a great word. Yeah, it feels like his brusqueness. She's trying to insulate them from it. Yeah, so that's a little creepy yeah. where Mary Poppins basically flies around and does whatever she wants with them and they have no idea. But then at the end, their parents become exactly what they're supposed to be and she can just leave. She, yeah. My job's done. <laughs> Bye, bitches. What's the other nanny movie? Nanny McPhee? Yeah. Where the better the kids behave, the more beautiful she becomes? Yeah. I actually kind of like that. She starts out like a witch. Yeah. Like from a fairy tale. From a fairy tale. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I actually like that movie. It was good. This should be interesting because I have a lot of nostalgia about this movie too. I saw this movie in the theater. Okay. The Breakfast Club. There's a bunch of these John Hughes movies that are that are uh, could make this list. Like yeah. Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, all of them have 
they they are very problematic. And then and then alumni from those movies doing other movies like Weird Science. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Breakfast Club problematic. Uh, think think Bender and Claire. Well, yeah. You know that scene where he gets in her face. Yeah. Asks her if she's a virgin. Yeah. Sticks his sticks his face in between her knees. Yeah. While the principal's in the room. Yeah, yeah. Like and then and then again all of that aside. And then also, here's my giant diamond earring, and we're a thing now. Right. What? <laughs> yeah, a lot of those Brat Pack movies are... are uh... And even the, the relationship between Ali Sheedy's character and Emilio Estevez's character. Yeah. He doesn't look at her twice, and then Claire redoes her makeup, and all of a sudden he falls instantly in love with her. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing like taking an already good-looking chick, pretending like she's ugly, and then like taking her glasses off, and everybody goes, oh my God, look how beautiful <laughs> she is. She's all that is guilty of that. Yes. Super bad. <laughs> oh my God. It's so, it's so dumb. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's, and no wonder it's so tough to make people understand yeah. that this kind of behavior, like rapey, assaulty behavior <laughs> is okay because it gets rewarded over and over and over again in pop, in the popular culture. Yeah. So yeah, and this this was a movie that I thought was fucking amazing. The next one is also from a book. Uh huh. And I do this thing where if I find out that there's a book as a movie is coming out, or it's or I've already read a book and there's a movie coming out, I like reading the book first before seeing the movie. I'm other the people, opposite. other people, yeah, you like to do the opposite. Yeah, because it lowers your expectations. Well, because my issue and Harry Potter is the only one that got this right. I think we've actually talked about this on the we show. Have, yeah, but Harry Potter is the only one that got it right, where all the characters matched what the descriptions were in the book in the way my like the way in the way they, they were in my head. Yeah. Well, because that's the way they were written, and she consulted on each of those movies. Yeah. So that it was very close. They didn't want to deviate from her vision very much. But that's not usually the case. When I read a book, the characters look and sound a certain way in my head, and then I get super disappointed, like all the Twilight movies. Sure. And the book ends up being kind of like the director's cut of the movie because there's so much they, they can't do in a lot of movies to be able to... Yeah, I think... <sighs> It's not even that it's a director's cut just from a length standpoint and a detail standpoint. From a character standpoint, like they, it seems like when I watch a movie of characters from a book, they're distilled down to their simplest traits and characteristics. Right. And the breadth and depth of these characters and the, the layers are just not... And I know that's hard to do. Sure. But I think with a lot of characters that you identify with or get close to and then see them distilled down to their it's like flat stanley <laughs> did you do do you know what flat stanley is uh, i know what flat stanley is but i never did it as a student no i know you didn't do it, yeah. it like my kids did it yeah and you, i don't know if your kids have done it but my youngest when he went into kindergarten the teachers mailed little flat stanleys of themselves oh that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so this one's the notebook a lot of people love this one. They love this one. Don't come don't come for me. I read the book. Yep. And I loved it. I loved the book. I didn't see the movie until recently. I watched it with my son and his girlfriend. Same kind of thing. She was talking about the notebook and I casually said, I haven't seen it. And they both went, <gasps> Yeah. So we watched it 
And I was just like, this is so dumb. Yeah, I don't I don't see what the big deal is about the notebook. And I love rom-coms. It's not really, it's a rom-com. It's dram. not a rom-com, it's a drama. Yeah, but it's a romantic drama, I guess. I love, like, I love those kinds of movies. You and Charles. Yeah, but I did not like the notebook. No, the fact that he semi attempts suicide, threatens suicide so she'll go out with him. Yeah. Is problematic from the get-go. Yeah. The other problem I have, and I see this all the time, are parents as gatekeepers of their children's right. love lives, sexuality, whatever it's going to be that they need to control. It's like we wouldn't have a story if... Yeah, right. <laughs> and I get it. It's the time as well. But it's just, I, th- I find watching it, he's, he is not in control of his emotions. No. He seems mentally unstable to me yeah super aggressive aggressive and but people that love this movie just see that as intensity and passion that's how much he loves her yeah he feels this strong he feels everything so strongly and i waited i waited for that big scene where they're in the rain yeah and she finds out that he's written letters to her that her mother has intercepted and kept from her and he puts her up against the wall and it's just and you're you're kind of like did you is that something you know she'll like? <laughs> this is the way passion and love are portrayed. And it's very cringy to watch. Violence and aggression is okay as long as you love the person. Yeah, that just means that, they, that they're that they like just crazy in love yeah. with you. And, and, and what did your son and his girlfriend, how did they react to it? I think, actually, I think his girlfriend was a little mad because he and I have a similar sense of humor. <laughs> and we were... You were just shredding the movie? <laughs> we were just chirping the whole time and and this is like her entirety oh yeah like this is her model of what love is supposed to be and i'm just like (laughs) we're just like killing ourselves like she's like you guys shut up like it's just it's fun she's 18 by the way like you know so it it, it, but yeah it uh it just doesn't fly you know i don't know i'm predisposed to say it doesn't hold up because i didn't really like it at at the outset so the only thing that i do appreciate like honestly what as they're younger i don't give a shit about them i'm more impressed with the fact that james garner because gina rollins and james garner are them older right and she has dementia yeah he goes to see her in the nursing home every single day and tells her the story of them and she doesn't remember it so he gets to tell her this story new she like she remembers shreds of it sure but she doesn't realize that it's their story. Right. She just thinks it's a cool love story. She just thinks it's a beautiful love story yeah. that this man comes in to tell her every day. And so that's kind of sweet. I mean, I feel... And then part of me is like, you should move on. This like, poor guy. I mean, every day he's coming in. <laughs> have a conversation. You know, maybe you should open your marriage up. <laughs> love Actually is the next one. Yeah. So you've seen this one? I've seen that. I think you saw it for the first time with me. Okay. That's possible. And it's... I'm pretty sure it's the first of those movies where you get a whole bunch of stars in one movie. Like, like an ensemble an cast. An ensemble cast of the of A-listers. Like the holiday. Yeah. Or are they B-listers? Well, I would say. That was pretty good. There's only, Jack- four, there's only four of them. I'm thinking of like Valentine's Day. And, oh, okay. And She's just not that into you. Yeah, okay. where everybody is a big star. Right, okay. Where they'll have all these, but, but it's all these interweaving stories and then you realize how they're all interconnected throughout the thing. But I think the reason why it's problematic is old floppy hair, blue eyes. 
Hugh Grant. Oh, Hugh Grant. Yeah, fuck that guy too. You shouldn't like him. He's like your comp- he was your competition. I know for he Liz broke Hurley. he broke Liz Hurley's heart. <sighs> Although I would really love to know the deep, much like the the George Michael in the park mm. sting. I would love to know the details behind Hugh Grant and I think his he got and his too. prostitute and the the trans woman prostitute that <laughs> he was he was stung with. Yeah. Yeah. There's more to that story there. First of all, the oh, oh. What? We didn't say what the problem was. We are. I'm saying that right now. Oh, sorry. I thought you were moving on to the next movie. No, no, no. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. What's the, what's the character's name? Natalie? Mm-hmm. She get, she's fat shamed because she's a little curvier. Yep. And she also has a, a less posh accent than everybody else that she works with. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's, there's class shaming in okay. it as well. And she's the assistant to the prime minister. Mm-hmm. And they have a thing. Yeah. Completely inappropriate Extremely inappropriate. Very inappropriate. Talk about a power dynamic between the leader of a country. Yeah. And a secretary. Fucking Clinton got impeached for that shit. Yeah. I mean, he also got a blowjob. Yeah. Or two. Uh, a few. A few. Uh, what about the guy who wants to move to America because he thinks he'll get laid more there? Oh, he's he's a very average looking British dude and he figures his accent's going to get him laid. And not just get him laid, but get him a threesome. Oh my God. Yeah. See, I like this kind of, that kind of stuff bothers me. Yeah. Not a big fan. The Nutty Professor. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The entire plot is problematic because the punchline (laughs) is that everybody's fat. (laughs) And all the jokes that go along with that. Pretty much. I think that's enough to say. Yeah. Any of those movies where one actor plays all the characters in the movies drive me nuts. Also, Jada Pinkett's in it and... She is cringy to me. Yeah. So, yeah, no. I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to say this, and people, you can come at me. I'll fight you. She is abusing that man, and nobody's talking about it. That's your take? Yeah. Beatrice's hot take? Yeah. Will Smith is in an abusive relationship with He's Jada in a Pinkett psychologically Smith. abusive relationship. I'm going to tell you right now, anything that I've seen or heard about the Amber Johnny trial has been against my will. Right. I don't... I, yeah. I mean, they're both pieces of garbage. Yeah, that relationship was just bad on both sides. That is a mutually abusive relationship, yeah. clearly. I mean, I'm not saying that Will is an innocent babe either. I don't know. And she's in The Nutty Professor, so fuck that bitch. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, 16 Candles is on the list. Okay, yeah. There we go. Yeah. 16 Candles, another John Hughes movie. Yep. I'm sure he's going to have a few on this list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the passed out prom queen makeout session. They have sex. Do they really? They have sex. So does he fuck her? Jake's character, who's like the rich, good-looking guy, yeah, dating the prom queen. Yeah, he's sick of her shit. And Farmer Ted, who's Anthony Michael Hall. Yes, but is he? A, he's a freshman. So yeah, he's in grade nine. Yeah, so he's fourteen years old. She's eighteen years old. Yeah. And she's super drunk, passed out drunk. Jake says, you can drive my girlfriend home to this 14-year-old kid. <laughs> she passes out. They have sex. Oh, so bad. While she's passed out. So bad. Same thing. She wakes up in the morning and she's like, you know what? Like, I think I, I, think I enjoyed it. And it's like, ew. Uh, so the assaulty, you know, just for the babies out there. A drunk person cannot consent. Yes. 
And an unconscious person can't consent. Yeah. They can't they can't answer the question, do you want tea? Because they're unconscious. <laughs> Just put the tea down. Yeah. How about the racist Asian American oh, yeah. jokes? Long duck dong. Yeah. That is fucking problematic. Yeah. It's very bad. Especially given the time when that movie came out and this kid's Vietnamese. So Vietnam War only ended Maybe oh yeah, a few years. Few years before, before that movie came out. Yeah, right. It, um, probably a good like. Maybe 10 in the seventies, ten years. Okay, yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah, but still, yeah, just yeah, yeah so bad, mm. so so bad. American Beauty. Oh, ooh. Kevin Spacey hiding in plain sight, eh? Yeah. Yeah, with a misdirection. I feel like I don't even think I could watch that now. The entire premise of the movie is fucking criminal it's a felony yeah yeah i can't look at kevin spacey's face yeah i mean I even can't. if kevin spacey wasn't problematic no no the movie is like well I, yeah i mean kevin spacey's problematic all on its own i can't even look at anything he's been in anymore mm-hmm. without going nope but the premise of this is like she cannot consent to what's going on and sexualizing teenage girls Uh young teenage girls with the fucking epstein shit with the r kelly shit Mm -hmm. like no i remember when that movie came out and everybody thought it was sexy as fuck yeah no nope 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 nope, 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 nope i feel like it's even exploitive to shoot that movie oh my goodness and she was gorgeous yes Mina Suvari. I was like, I was like Mira Sorvino, but that's not her. Mina Suvari. Okay. This is the last one on the list. Okay. We did skip a, a bunch that we haven't seen. Yep. Grease. Ooh. Now I'm not a massive Grease head. Oh, I am. I know you are. I've seen it a million times. I've only seen the movie once or twice, so I don't know. I I know I know that what the problematic part in Grease is, but I don't know it in you and do? out. Yeah. Okay, so it came out in 1978. It, it there's a catchy song to it. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So so the problematic line in Summer Nights is... Tell me more, tell me more. Did she put up a fight? Ugh. Yeah, ugh. Ew. Ew. She changes everything about herself to be with him. <laughs> yeah. Even though when they dated the first time, it was fine. Right. Like, why, why is it okay for her to be the sweet, innocent Australian chick <laughs> all summer, but in order for them to be together at school, she's got to be... This tough, red lipstick, slutty looking wearing, which she looks fantastic, oh, by the way. Oh, she looks amazing, yeah. But, but that's the intimation, right? That she has to change into this pink lady. Also, <laughs> I think I've talked about this on the show too, with Kaniki and Rizzo in the backseat of the car. Right. And they go to, he goes to take the condom out and it basically like breaks <laughs> as he's opening it. She's like, how does it break? I bought it when I was 12. Like, <laughs> so I bought it when I was seventh grade. And then she goes, oh, what the hell? And they just, yeah, I know. I know. Ooh. Yeah. And then there's like a pregnancy scare. Yeah. He wanted to be safe. So he bought a condom five years ago. And then it oh, disintegrated. Oh, it's more, it's more his, like 10 years ago. Yeah. It disintegrated in his wallet. And she's like, ah, oh, whatever. Don't worry about it. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. Seventh grade. Yeah. Because yeah. they're supposed to be teenagers, right? Right. That's right. I don't know my fruits. I don't know my. <laughs> just like a pomegranate. <laughs> I don't know my math. Okay, so also there's a lot of slut shaming. Yes. They slut shame Rizzo. 
They slut shame Frenchie. They slut shame the DiGregorio chick that she she dances with with Danny at the dance and they okay. and they win the trophy. And that was the first place I'd ever heard the term sloppy seconds. <laughs> so Rizzo climbs down the trellis at there's a the, the girls are all having a sleepover. She comes down and all the guys are outside in the car. Right. And uh, I guess Danny and Rizzo used to date, and now she likes one of Danny's friends. Right. And Danny says, "You're looking good, Riz." She says, "Eat your heart out." And he goes, "Sloppy seconds ain't my style." Ooh. And I rem- I was seven years old when I saw this movie. Dirty on a lot of levels. And I thought I was like, "What does that mean?" I didn't know what that meant. I remember I started watching the movie again when I was an adult. I was like, "This movie is dirty." Yeah. And I didn't know what sloppy seconds meant. Yeah. And it was just like, ew. 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 <laughs> yeah. What else? Oh, like they, they pull up girls' skirts at the dance. Right, yeah. Like just... Well, it was the 50s, I mean. Like when the movie took place. Yeah, it was. But like, I don't know. It just, it feels weird watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, I just have one more point I want to make about Greece. Oh, okay. Is Danny... Basically, only interested in the male gaze. Oh. Like when he's alone, when he's alone with Sandy, everything's great. But then he gets in front of his guys, and he cares more about what they think of him. Right? How he's portrayed his reputation. Yeah, all that, yeah. I realize again, it's it's a time piece. Yeah, it's a period piece. But yeah, it's just kind of interesting the things that you are conscious of and that you notice. That was all the bad news. Are there any other movies that you think of that didn't hold up that kind of jump out? You said you had one yeah, in mind. There's a movie called Flight of the Navigator. Okay, yeah. You've talked about this before. That I absolutely fucking loved as a kid. Uh-huh. Not to be confused with The Last Starfighter, which okay, kind of came okay. out around the same time. Yes, okay. There was, was a lot of those. Which was also out. super cool. Close and Encounters came out. Yeah, around, but yeah. like... The last Starfighter was like, I got to get really good at my video games because one of these games might be a test for me to go and fight, you know, for the Galactic Alliance and all the rest of that stuff. But Flight of the Navigator is this kid wanders onto an alien spaceship, goes for a ride, comes back, and it's like 10 years later. And he'd been gone for 20 minutes or something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. And I remember my cousins and I, we would, we would, there's a character in the movie voiced by, by Paul Rubens. (laughs) <laughs> Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. And he's basically Pee Wee Herman, but a little like metal eyeball that floats around <laughs> okay. the thing on an arm in the spaceship. And we would make we would do impressions. Like we thought it was fucking the funniest thing ever. And I watch it now and I go, Oh my God, this kid gets abducted. These poor parents. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You're thinking well, you're seeing it as a parent now. And I mean, he just comes fuck? back in, his younger brother who he used to beat up is now like a grown man. So he hasn't aged? The boy hasn't aged. Oh, okay. But everybody, but everybody else, else has. has. Oh, yeah. that's fucking weird. And yeah, and then the the whole government cover up science thing mm-hmm. and yeah. And we wonder and we wonder why people think everything's a conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. So okay. yeah, it just it just seemed super implausible and also kind of glossed over a lot of emotionally I mean I, I get it. It's supposed to be a summer kids movie or whatever, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Like E.T. did it better. Okay. Yeah, E.T. does it. But he doesn't get abducted. No. I hate that I'm going to say this because I love this movie too for years and I can recite it from beginning to end and we watched it recently you and I Pretty Woman is problematic for uh, me. Yeah. 
It's well, hard to watch. Richard Gere, white knighting. White knighting her. Yeah. The way sex workers are treated. Right. Where he goes to escort her out of the hotel. and Yeah. And then uh, this this Cinderella story. The original ending was she goes back to the streets, basically. He drops her off. Oh, really? Yeah. Did, didn't test well? They, no, they had to reshoot it. <laughs> People hated it. Yeah. The original Where where Pretty Woman is, is adapted from, very gritty. Yeah. Very, very gritty. And then, oh, you know, what, you know where I saw it? It was... Uh, uh, you can put this in here. That Netflix series, The Movies That Made Us. Uh huh. Yeah, it was not. It was not supposed to be a feel good movie. Uh-huh. And like Disney was not. Like Touchstone was not supposed. to... They've rewritten that script so many times. Yeah. It was. It was not the the Cinderella White Knight story that we ended up seeing. The idea that if only your customers are good looking enough or have enough money that you're going to fall in love with them. Right. And, like, no wonder people think they can pick up strippers. Like, you can't. <laughs> or that if you're pretty enough and you clean up well enough, someone will fall in love with you and, and save you yeah. from yourself. Yeah. It's... Ugh. Yeah, no, it's, it is. It it's, is. It's kind of yucky. It's icky. It's icky. Okay, so what... Do you have one that holds up? Yes, I do have one that holds up. Okay. Do you have one that holds up? I do. Okay. What if it's the same one? <gasps> Could you imagine? Okay, we'll do it on three. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go one, two, three, and then you say, okay, okay? Three and? Yeah, yeah. One, two. Not on three. No, one, three two, and. three. But Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Four is what we're doing. Okay, okay, go. All right. One, two, three. Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. Oh! <laughs> 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 Damn, that was good. <laughs> oh, man. I can't even see the computer screen now. I got <laughs> tears in my eyes. <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck me. <laughs> Not quite the laugh I had after you beat the shit out of me in cornhole. Oh, my God. That was that was also good, but that was a close second. Wait, that was close. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Guys, we did not rehearse that. No, not at all. We didn't tell each other. That is so crazy. See, this is why I love you. (laughs) Okay, why does it stand up for you? Because unlike some of these other movies about pursuing somebody over over time, Mm -hmm. this, it seems so genuine. Mutual. And mutual, yeah. And I don't know. Was there a kid in the 80s? cuter than young fred savage no like he was adorable and and was there was there a better crotchety grandpa than columbo right yeah it's no it's it's perfect it's perfect and my kids have watched it with me Mm -hmm. did they like it It, my oldest is basically like the fred savage character like is this a kissing book (laughs) you know like it's that kind of Where's thing. Where's the sports? Yeah, right? <laughs> Except it would be Minecraft or something, right? Sure. But but yeah, so and they liked it. They thought it was fun. I mean, it is a little bit dated in in some respects. I really don't think it is. Well, it, I really it, don't think it is. In they the have... kids bedroom, there are things that that okay, said it. Okay, sure, sure, sure. That's just where it's set. Yeah. The exchanges are so intelligent. Yeah. The plot twists are hilarious. Yeah. The bad guys get what's coming to them. Yeah, yeah. 
the relationship is very mutual. The female character, Buttercup, is very strong. She doesn't need somebody right. to come and save her. I mean, they do, but she holds her own. She knows She knows what she's doing. Wallace Shawn is amazing in it. Oh, my God. Everybody's amazing. Yeah. Everybody's Andre amazing. the Giant. Andre the Giant. One of the biggest wrestlers of all time. Hulk Hogan's foil. Heel, I guess. Sorry. Two of the guys from Spinal Tap are in it. Oh, are they really? Yeah. Who are the Who are the guys from Spinal Tap? Chris Sarandon and Susan Sarandon's husband. First husband, yeah. He's in Spinal Tap. Did you yeah. say I gotta watch Spinal Tap again? It's weird when you watch movies like that, where at the time you have no idea who they are, and then they become a big star, and you watch the movie again, and you're like, "Holy shit, that guy was in it!" Oh no, Chris Sarandon was not in it. No, Christopher Guest. Oh, Christopher Guest. Okay. So he was this the Six Finger Man. Yeah. Chris Sarandon was Prince Prince Humperdinck. He, yeah, he was Prince Humperdinck. But, yeah. sorry, one guy from Spinal Tap. One guy. Not that's enough. Guys. Yeah, that's enough. Still. Yeah. Great. Great it, film. It's great. It's great. And they... What would, you, what would you say the youngest age is to watch that movie, realistically? Seven or eight? Yeah, probably. Like, there's no language. No, no. There's no nothing in it. Like, it's... Some smooching, but... But they might not get a lot of the jokes like they might find it a little bit boring it depends on how smart they are yeah but it's a great story yeah lots of strong characters nobody gets i mean maybe you could argue that he's kind of got a little bit of a dom sub thing going on when he captures her <laughs> yeah and pretends bit. to be the great pirate roberts but he never touches her no it's true and he never does weird ass shit when he's got a mask on and and hiding his identity you yeah, know yeah he doesn't he doesn't love on her until she realizes who he is. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's good. They don't make fun of Andre the Giant's weight. No. Or, you know, oh, you know, you've got, you've got Miracle Max. He's got his wife that looks like they've been together forever. It's not like he traded her in for, for a younger model. A younger model. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. People can do that if they want. <laughs> Anything else from that movie? No, you, no. You, could, you hit all those points. I can't believe we had the same one. That is hilarious. That is really funny. <laughs> oh, fuck. We would love to hear from you guys. Tell us what movies are cringy for you now, or even television shows, and what movies hold up. And uh, yeah, we can let's let's have a little laugh and a chat about that, <laughs> and do better, right? Yes. Thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>